This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 25, 34, Exodus chapter 34, verse 25. We're studying through the covenant God made with Israel after they had they had rebelled against God and made the golden calf. And the tablets are broken. God's outside the camp. God calls Moses and tells him to make the new tablets and bring them up. And he writes on those tablets the law again. And then he gives these instructions. And remember, the whole purpose of the covenant was for God to have a relationship with his people. And God wants to have that relationship with his people. And he gives them instructions. And we call that the law. Obviously, the Ten Commandments are the law. But more than that, these instructions that he's given, he's giving the Israelites are the law also. They explain, they, they fill out what God wants the Israelites to be doing as far as worship is concerned, what he wants them to be doing as far as sacrifices are concerned. And so you get a picture because if you dig down and figure out, okay, what, what do these represent? How did the New Testament treat these things as far as each one of the uh, festivals or feasts or sacrifices? All these things, if you begin to look at them pretty deeply, you can begin to understand how God is foreshadowing or showing us the relationship he wants to have with the New Testament church in its fullness because we have Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it, meaning I am the manifest fulfillment of the law. We actually talked about that in 1 John last night. He's saying, I am manifest. I've come and, and not only come in the flesh, but I've manifest God. I've made God known to you by being the presence of God in the earth. I've made him known to you so that you can have a intimate relationship, so you can know me, so you can know God. And that's exactly what that's exactly what he did. So when we go to the Old Testament and then we begin to look at all these feasts and all these not only practices but foreshadowing that God gives us, he, he says, Okay, do this, and then you begin to look, okay, how does that relate to Jesus, what he did, how he lived, how is he represented in the New Testament? You begin to go, Oh, okay. I understand why they had to do that. I understand why this had to happen. I understand why God says this and that. Now, every once in a while, there'll be something come up in, in our Bible study to next week on Monday. There's something that's a little bit different. But for, for as far as uh, understanding what God is trying to accomplish and God giving us a picture of it in the Old Testament, he does a great job. This is great stuff. Verse 25 gives us a very a very important picture. It's a picture for even some of us that love the love tend towards sacramental practice, even though we don't believe in sacraments in our church. It's been a part of the New Testament church in many ways, and so there are a lot of people who are interested that they just feel drawn to sacraments. I don't know why, but they are. They want to make different things sacramental, and the Lord's Supper or the time when we come together and eat the bread of the cup and worship or glorify the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross 
is what we do when we call when we do what we call the Lord's Supper. And a lot of church, that's a sacrament, meaning it must be done in order to have a relationship with God and to be saved. It's not that the New Testament doesn't teach a sacrament, doesn't teach works-based uh, salvation. The New Testament teaches that we are saved by God's grace, and then that, that salvation is carried out from beginning to end by our walk of faith. Our walk of faith is what God desires from us. He de- Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so what God wants from us, sure, they are works. They're things, they're works, but they're not works born of the law. They're works born of faith. They're not works born of a rule. They're wor- works. Now, the works obviously are inside the rules because God's Holy Spirit leads us to those things. But those works are works are faith They because we trust God. And you go, what's really different if I do what God tells me to or if I trust him to do what I, what he tells me to? It, it, it may not make a big difference to you in your way of seeing things, but it's huge to God because God does not want us, God does not want his people just to follow him because, because they are on the, they're down on the plain and they're not up on the mountain with him and they just want to hear the rules and hear what they're supposed to do and do them. That There's not any intimacy or relationship in that. God wants you to come up on the mountain for you to know him and for you to do that which he leads you to do by his Holy Spirit, which is confined by his holiness, which is defined by his law. So he wants you to do what he's called you to do by the Holy Spirit's leadership within the confines of who God is, his holiness, he wants you to do that by faith. He wants you to do that because you trust him. And and the only way to trust him is to begin to know him. And the only way to begin to know him is to read his word. And inside his word is his law. And so you can begin to know him that way too. And, and as you begin to really figure it out, you begin to be, understand that there's a simplicity to it and yet a depth to it that is powerful. It's powerful. And you want to have the simplicity of faith and yet the depth that faith brings. And when God tells us to do those things, especially in as many times as you do this in remembrance of me, the Lord's Supper, he wants us to, he wants us to celebrate the work he's done, the conquering of death. It's many, in many ways, it's in many ways the party after you won the big game. That's what we're doing all the time, constantly. We're celebrating Jesus conquering death and giving us eternal life in in the sacraments. But when we do that, as the Apostle Paul teaches us in Corinth, we need to examine ourselves. And so that's what verse 25 kind of foreshadows. He says, you shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven. He says, nor shall the sacrifice of the feast of Passover be left until morning. So what is he talking about? He's talking about the feast of Passover. We know what Passover is all about because that's what the book of Exodus really is about. God delivering us from Egypt, delivering us from the slavery of this world and the slavery to sin in Egypt and delivering us through the waters, which are a picture of baptism of the Red Sea and bringing us to him so that we can know him. And so that's what the book of Exodus is about. It's the great overarching story of the Bible. And when you go, it's the great, yeah, because Jesus is the fulfillment of that story. Jesus is the perfect final sacrifice that takes away sin and removes us from the authority of the world, and he brings us into life and life eternal. That's some good stuff. That that in fact that's some great stuff. That's how we that's how we understand it. And so he says, You shall not offer blood my blood and my sacrifice. That you know, 
And obviously God's going to take that really important because it's a foreshadowing of Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. And obviously that's the pinnacle event in human history. Death, burial, and resurrection is the pinnacle event in human history. And if you say which one is the most important, obviously the resurrection. The resurrection is the most important because it is where life is given. Jesus could paid for our sins, but not given us life by not being resurrected. He paid for our sins. He paid the ransom for our sins. And he gives us eternal life through the power of his resurrection. And so, <clears throat> obviously, that is going to be the pinnacle feast is going to be the feast of Passover. The pinnacle event in human history is going to be the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Those things are real important. And so when God says, do not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven, what does he mean? Leaven is what you put in bread to, it's yeast, it's what you put in bread to make it rise up. And let me tell you something, I'm heavily into that. I love me some leaven in some bread. I love some just bread. Any kind, I like it. I don't know what to say other than that. I, I like bread. I like it a, a lot. And I think everybody can agree with me. You do too. I remember my daughter liked bread so much. We'd take her this back in the day when you don't have any money, you go to the Golden Corral and get everything you can. And there was another restaurant that she'd go to and she would get those yeast rolls and those yeast rolls and she'd put butter on them and she'd eat them. My oldest daughter, she'd eat them till she got sick. She'd just eat them. She'd get sick on them because they were so good. And they are. And, and let me tell you something. Yeast is a picture in the Bible. As much as it pains me to say this, leaven and yeast in the Bible is a picture of sin. It always is. When you see leaven or yeast being mentioned in scripture, you always think of sin. And so what is he saying? He's saying you can't mix the blood of my sacrifice with sin, with bread that has leaven in it. And that's why when they celebrate the Passover, what do they do? Celebrate it with, with, with unleavened bread. And you go, that Oh, pastor, that's why we eat those crackers that don't taste very good. Because leaven makes the bread taste good. But leaven is a picture of sin in Scripture. And you go, why is it a picture of sin in Scripture? The best way I think I can describe that is if you've got bread and it's being cooked, then all that's there is bread without the leaven. With the leaven, it just adds nothing. It adds air, but for some reason it makes it taste better. I don't know why. But it really adds nothing. And yet, it seems to make it better. And let me tell you something. That's what sin does. The Bible says sin is pleasurable, but for a moment. And then it leads to death. And leaven does that too. It's pleasurable in bread for a moment, and then you're fat, and then you got all kinds of issues with that. And trust me, I understand that completely. And God says you cannot put leaven with bread. And the picture is you cannot mix leaven with sin. And that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about when he tells us to examine ourselves. He says, before you take the bread and the cup, you need to examine yourself. And you need to, this is the cool thing I love about that passage is he says you need to judge yourself. Now, he didn't say you need to condemn yourself. He didn't even say you needed to convict yourself. He just said you needed to judge yourself. What he's saying is you need to soberly sit down and we're going to do the Lord's Supper this Sunday, so I think it's perfect that we're talking about it. You need to soberly sit down and evaluate your life and evaluate whether or not <clears throat> you have something in your life that is rebellion against God, which would be sin, and, or more, like we talked about last night, more importantly, 
you need to sit down before you take the Lord's Supper and you need to evaluate, are there things in my life that God has told me that he wants me to do, be a part of, be acting on, join him in, whatever that is, that I'm not doing. Because remember, the most powerful sin that keeps us from God's best is not the sins of commission, it's the sins of omission, okay? Because the sins of commission have been paid for and they are the trespasses against God's holiness, his law, okay? And yeah, they do hinder us in all kinds of ways and they cause all kinds of problems. But the sins that keep us away from God's very best, walking in the power of God, walking in the revelation of God, the things that keep us away from those things are not the sins of commission, generally. They are the sins of omission. They're the th- they're When God has told us to do something and we do not trust him and do it, when God has led us in a direction and we have not trusted him and acted upon it, when that happens, we have, we have omitted God's will. We have decided not to do God's will. And when we decide not to do God's will, what we're saying is we're not going to walk in faith with you. We're not going to trust you and do what you have led us to do. When we do that, you, you've got you to get this. When we do that, we limit the power of the kingdom at work in us. That's what we do. And if that's how we're going to live our lives, we're really going to miss out. You need to hear that. We're going to miss out on what God, the whole reason for going out of Egypt, the whole reason for crossing the Red Sea, the whole reason for it was to meet with God and to hear him and to know him and to be like him. And if we don't do that, we I mean, you just really miss out. And so he says, don't miss don't mix the leaven of sin with my sacrifice. Don't mix rebellion, obviously. <laughs> He's telling them to do this after they mix that. But also, don't mix unbelief. Don't mix a lack of faith. Trust me. Believe in what I say. And, and believe in what I lead you to do by my Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Now, they were being led by Jesus himself in, in, in Exodus, but be trusting of how I reveal myself through my son. This is the father and by my Holy spirit, you got to trust. You got to trust me. God says, you shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven, nor you shall you shall the sacrifice of the feast of Passover be left until morning. And what is he saying there? That's a picture of obviously Jesus was going to die on the cross and he was going to die that day. But also the picture is when we are dealing with the finished work of Jesus Christ, don't tarry with it. Don't wait on it. Handle it. Do it right now. Don't let it wait till tomorrow. Don't think, and you know as well as I do, when God gives you some, when he gives you something in church on Sunday and we're corporately worshiping, the Holy Spirit's moving. If you wait till tomorrow, you won't do it. You won't. You, you know you won't. But if you covenant with God to do it today, It's the power of God at work in your life, and you will see it and know it and do it. And there's really not any answer other than that. There's really not any way to explain it other than that. You've got to do it today. Do what God has told you to do while it's today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait. Don't say, I will do that later with you, God. Because the next part of God's plan for your life hinges upon you trusting him with this step. You can't take the... 20th step down the path and take you till you take the first step. You can't walk with God today unless you first pick your feet up and walk. 
And I know that intimately when we're dealing with Naomi, she's been with her grandparents all summer and she's been with her mom and dad. And there's a bunch of folks carrying her around and she just doesn't seem walk, see walking as a necessity. She doesn't. Why? Because we've carried her around all the time. We've done that. And so is she able to walk? Sure. She can stand straight up from the ground. She can look around. She can take a step. She's taking a step. But she don't really need to because there's not all that far she's got to go because somebody will pick her up. I, and I don't know who that is. I have no idea who's doing that. I can't imagine that her big daddy would do something like that. Well, I, th I think that's, I think I've done it. I think that's me. Anyway, you can't learn to walk until you take the first step. And you can't take the first step until you trust him and begin walking. And you can't mature until you walk. And God says, I don't want you to mix leaven with my sacrifice, meaning evaluate your life yourself. And he says, if you judge yourself, there's no need for me to judge you. And what he's basically saying, Paul's saying there when we're dealing with the Lord's Supper, is he says, if I judge myself, I'm acting like God. I'm, I'm evaluating whether or not my life fits within the confines of God's holiness and his purposes for my life. And I am becoming mature i'm figuring it out yeah that's the problem i need to get rid of that that's and he says he wants us to do that why because god wants us to be fully mature not lacking anything but having all the fruits of his spirit having everything that he wants for us and so i pray that'll be the case for you i sure do expect that it will be god is a good god and you have the holy spirit living inside of you with your new powerful human spirit and may we walk with god May we know God, and may we live with God each and every day. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.